What up, Jones or Sides listeners? It's your girl, Haley. If you hear slot machines in the background, that's because I'm in the airport at Vegas. Wanted to pop on here and let you know that this episode has some sound issues at the beginning. We had some connectivity issues. However, it does get fixed. The first couple of minutes are a little bit rough. I tried to edit it as best I could, so bear with us. Um, but I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the podcast where we sometimes talk about fitness, but we always talk about nothing. I'm Haley Jones. I'm Mandy Jones. And, and this, this is Jones Our Side. All right, hello, and welcome back to another super exciting episode of Joneser Size. We are pumped to have you join us, and we know you're not going to be disappointed because we have a special guest. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, our special guest today is, she's with us in studio. She is the um, founder and CEO of CPR Choice. Her name is Cheryl Smith. So welcome, Cheryl. Yes, Cheryl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She taught her first step aerobics class when she was 15 and has been teaching Zumba for the past nine Zumba um, Zoom class that you can log on. Um, if she, When she's not dancing, she is the CP in 2005 and now owns and train 20,000 people. Um, 20,000 a year, Cheryl? 20,000 a year. Yes. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Um, at um, National... National Fitness Center. Um, she is a super fun Zumba instructor. Very challenging, fun that she has carved out some time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we are going to warm up as we always do with our guests with a little rapid fire, a little AMRAP. Okay, so Cheryl, like we said, we're going to give you some options, this or that, and you tell us your preference. And if you hate both of them, you can say you hate both of them. All right. <laughs> so you ready? Yep. All right. Cardio or strength training? Cardio, but I think strength is more important. Oh, okay. <laughs> Run or cycle? Cycle. Fans, like working out with fans or working out with no fans? Fans. Oh, <laughs> she's right. a fair person. Okay. Protein powder or protein bars? Uh, neither. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, big box gym or boutique gym? Mm, big box gym. Okay. Mountain climbers or burpees? Mountain climbers. <laughs> Endurance or intervals? intervals morning workout or evening workout evening okay group fitness or flying solo group fitness okay music like working out with music or working out with no music music all the way <laughs> <laughs> all right yoga or pilates yoga teach a class or take a class teach a class oh Okay. Workout inside or workout outside? Oh, depends on the workout. Got it. Okay. And this is the last one. Uh, competitive. Are you competitive or are you more like everyone's a winner? I have a rhinoceros tattooed on my hip. Very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cheryl, yes. All right. That's awesome. Um, 
Okay. So I got to hear, why would you rather teach than take a class? Cause we kind of are living, we live in that camp too. Is it just the group fitness instructor in us or like, what is it? I think so. Or maybe it depends on the type of class. If it's a type of class that I don't teach, then I would obviously like to just be a participant. But if it's like a Zumba or dance fitness class, I guess I just get kind of a high off of being, you know, in the front, knowing all the moves, not being lost. Um, mm -hmm. Where when you go to somebody else's class, you know, you're you're like a first timer um, learning their stuff. So you're there, you want to get the workout and it seems, it sounds like when you're there teaching, you know, like you're going to get the workout and you're obviously going to like lead up. Absolutely. Everybody else's energy in the room is what really like feeds me. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I get that. I get that for sure. I think we, that's, that's fun. The only thing fans, but she's in the minority. My fan is like, if I'm teaching spin and we're in the middle of like a great climb and then someone's like, turn on the fans. I'm like, you just killed the vibe. <laughs> like we're climbing this hill and we're focusing, we're working hard. And then now everyone's like, oh, it's hot in here. I'm like, oh my gosh. Turn on the Anyways, fans. I can't stand uh, it. I love it. All right. So, um, give us just a quick kind of um, synopsis on, I don't want to like, kind of like your fitness testimony, essentially. So like I said, so you let us know that you started, you taught your first group fitness class as a 15 year old. Um, how did you get it? That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was um, like, oh, she and it together. so is this when you were in California? No, I had actually just moved to a really small rural town in Idaho when I was 15. And um, I started working at a local gym that was also a physical therapy office. And I was doing like dictation for the physical therapist, like um, just, you know, typing up his notes. And um, I was taking a step class and the lady was extremely pregnant and she needed somebody to cover her class. I was like a front row step diva, I guess, um, yeah. back when I was 15. And so when she was gonna go on maternity leave, she was like, do you think that you could do this? You know, and you could just do my routines. And um, so I went to, it wasn't Les Mills at the time, but it was something really similar to that. I can't even remember, but it was like a step certification class all day long. And so I went to that um, one day and just kept going to her class until she had her baby. And then I just started teaching after she had her baby. And I think the intention was only to teach for a couple of weeks, but then I liked it. And so I just kept teaching. Um, I think I taught twice a week until I graduated high school. That's awesome. That's cool. I know. That That's is very so fun. Cool. Um, so then you um, did you, you were certified, AAAI certified for a little while. Was that just like a general group fitness or was that a personal training or? No, I um, took actually a class in college that gave you college credit. And at the end, you took the AFA certification for group okay. fitness. Okay. So yeah, I was really just doing it for a kind of free B class for credit in college. <laughs> Where did you go to school? Where did you get, graduate from? Um, Boise State University. Cheryl and I have been to a Boise State game together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
for a little while, for a little while, uh, I was a Boise State fan. So, well, Boise's all the rage these days. I know everyone's moving there. This year, they're struggling with their football team, but they had a decade of dominance, and that's when yeah. I was there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. What, what was what's your degree? Um, I have a degree in health science, and then I actually have an MBA uh, with an emphasis in hospital administration. Okay, awesome. Where'd you get your MBA? Uh, Lincoln Memorial. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Very awesome. cool. Um, all right. So what got you then kind of into Zumba? Is it just like, a did you dance growing up or? Yeah. So growing up um, from the age of four through college, I um, did dance, ballet, tap, jazz. I was on a traveling dance team that gave me opportunity to do some really cool experiences, dancing out of country, dancing at Disneyland, dancing on a cruise ship. And then um, college came and it was like there was, you know, no more dancing. And to be honest with you, I got married really young at 18 and um, was really busy going to school, working full time, being married. And I put on um, a substantial amount of weight, um, you know, after starting college. And so when I got reintroduced to Zumba, it was kind of this thing, you know, fun dance class. And I had always loved to dance, but there really wasn't a lot of dance fitness, you know, that I didn't find cheesy, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I'd go to a jazzercise type class or something. I just didn't really, didn't, didn't feel right. Anyway, so I uh, went to a couple Zumba classes and I liked it. And so again, I just started going, um, kind of doing the front row thing again. And again, somebody was getting ready to leave. <laughs> somebody was getting ready to leave National Fitness Center and moved to Nashville. And the um, group fitness instructor uh, manager there at the time was like, you need to do this. And I was like, no, I don't need to do that. Anyway, but long story short, like three weeks later, I did it. And I got certified to teach Zumba on Saturday and I taught my first class on Monday. Yes. I do remember that. <laughs> that's good stuff. That's fun times. Um, that, that's what we call the good old days, Cheryl. That's what we call the good old days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember that very well, but um, well, super fun. That I want to ask you about, so we have one of our like episodes is fitness magic and that's where we go to like different gyms or whatever and try different classes. And we talked about Zumba on an, like way long ago podcast and they have something there called Fez or do you say Fez free freeing electrifying joy in Zumba. And I was just curious if that's like, I know that because I listened to this guy's podcast about it. And I was just curious, like, when you're teaching, what we call fitness magic is like that, just you're in it, you're feeling the music, you're feeling the moves, and like, it's just like this immersive experience. And I just was curious if, like, you have that connection with Zumba, like, do you talk, like, is that freeing, electrifying joy, is that a thing, or is that just, I, just, I was I just curious. I think it is totally a thing. Yeah. I have literally um, got tears in my eyes doing a cool down before. Oh. When, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I love the big group. And I was fortunate enough that when I was teaching, I rarely had a class with less than 25 people in it. And I've had up to 60 to 100 people in a class. Wow. And so there is something absolutely electrifying when every single person in the room has the same goal. You feel like just like you said in your cycle class that you have like climbed this mountain, you've peaked yes. up, you know, and now you're like in the cool down and everybody did it together 
and I've literally like looked out so proud of everybody else in the room and proud of myself yeah. that like I've literally got tears in my eyes of happiness. Oh, I love that. It's true. That's cool. That's I know. Awesome. That is fun. And you can tell too, you know, I think you can tell when you're in a class with an instructor that's really invested and not just doing, you know, not just doing choreography. Yeah. And um, it just makes such a difference because I think, you know, I, we get asked when we, when you go through Les Mills training, you get asked to, I, you're supposed to identify someone that's a um, really important, like who you would esteem as a really, really good instructor. And always the people that come in my mind are not necessarily like the most, like, they may not look the part, you know, like they may not look like the person on a video or, you know, or a training or whatever, but it's always the one that, like you said, like wants everyone to be successful once, you know, gets the cold chills. I mean, cause I, I still do after a million years of teaching, you know, body attack during certain tracks, I literally will get cold chills because you just are like, oh, we're here and we we're doing it and you all are all hanging in. And it's just impressive to um, have a group of people all moving towards the same goal. So I definitely feel you there. That's good stuff. So um, through your I know through you recently um, had a procedure, the VSG procedure, um, and you had kind of touched on in, in the um, when you got married and went through college, had gained some weight. And um, you've always been an extremely fit person to me, in my opinion, like anytime I've ever known you, I just know that you have shared, you know, kind of like that part of your life of a struggle of, yeah, but I have this weight and I want to lose it. So do you care to kind of walk us down that path of where you, what, what kind of ultimately made you decide to have the procedure? Did you look into any other any other types of um, procedures and kind of give us just a quick synopsis of what it actually is. I know it's was a, is a big, was a big deal. So um, kind of let us know that. Sure. So I'll start out by saying that I really hate the stereotype that people that are overweight are lazy um, because if there was anything throughout my life, it was, I was anything but lazy. Um, there were a lot of things that I put goals towards, whether it was getting my MBA or starting a business or buying a home by my 21st birthday that I always felt like I could see a goal in mind and I could kind of charge towards it. But I think that while I was accomplishing those other goals, then maybe I put my, um, own self care to the side. And mm -hmm. so you are so busy trying to accomplish goals and not be lazy that you are running through the fast food joint. You are on the run constantly. You're not making it to the gym. And um, to be honest, I had 15 years. I just didn't take time to um, take care of myself the way that I probably should have, mostly with diet. And even though I loved being active, I love healthy food. Um, it was just something that I had tried several different things from teaching group fitness classes to doing all sorts of different types of diets. And it seemed like I could not keep the weight off um, long term. It was like really short term. And I think that we get frustrated when we're overweight, you know, because we do want um, kind of quicker results and it's hard to um, make small improvements constantly and then, you know, take 
three years to get to where you want to be. And so I had kind of, you know, considered um, the surgical option. There are several different degrees of the surgery. Um, I had probably one of the less invasive um, options. So the VSG stands for vertical sleeve gastrectomy. Um, it's where they reduce the size of your stomach substantially. So um, they cut out a big portion of your stomach, making it into a small tube. There is no rerouting of your digestion or of your intestinal tract or anything like that. The portion of the stomach that they remove, though, is also the portion that um, produces ghrelin, the hormone that makes you hungry. So um, not only do you have a smaller stomach, but your hunger does go away. So I have I had the procedure a year ago. I've lost 90 pounds. Um, and, you know, it is definitely a tool in my tool belt and it's great. Um, and it's worked well for me. I will also tell you that a lot of people gain their weight back, um, that have this procedure, which is why I'm like super concerned about metabolic adaption, um, making sure that strength training is my focus going forward. Cause as you guys know, when we lose a lot of weight like this, I didn't only lose fat mass. I had to have lost some lean mass. Now my metabolism, you know, it's it's harder to uh, burn calories standing up or walking around or even sleeping when you weigh 140 versus when you weigh 240. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think everybody thinks that overweight people have slow metabolisms, but that's not really true. Um, you know, most overweight people, their basal metabolic rate is much higher than people that are fit because it takes more energy to breathe, takes more energy to stand up, takes more energy to jump. So um, anyway, I had the procedure a year ago. It's been great um, for me. And I've been really diligent about following the rules, you know, which um, there are a couple of rules. One is always eat protein first. So we fill up on protein. There is really no room for the other foods, to be honest with you. Um, you know, really try to eliminate junk food. And then um, one weird rule is not to drink or um, drink anything before or after you eat within 30 minutes. Um, because they want you to fill up on protein, not on fluids. And then there's like a funneling effect. If we drink while we eat, it does make your food more liquefied. And so you digest it faster. And this is for everybody, um, which means that you're not staying full as long. So if you want to stay satiated, um, you know, really try not to drink while you eat. So those are the big rules, you know, and trying not to um, eat slider foods, which are high carbohydrate processed foods. You know, I could drink milkshakes all day long if I wanted to. I could eat Halloween candy. And I did. I ate some Halloween candy. You know, I mean, I'm sure we all did, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think it's just making sure that you are mindful of your eating and um, change your lifestyle, even though you have this tool. You have to change your life or it'll all just come back. Well, I think the fact of, you know, you obviously are a hard worker, you know, and I think someone that um, would, I, I, you can follow Cheryl's um, Instagram and she kind of, if you go back and look at it, she's brought us along on the journey, um, which we'll, we'll tell that at the end. So you can make sure you follow her, but, um, but she, um, but she, you know, I think it is, I, I will say, I do think that, um, I would like to think any medical professional would, would never just haphazardly allow someone to come in this person. This is hard and you're, you, it's not just a, oh, we do this and then you're done and you move on. 
um, you know, because obviously it was a procedure and it was, um, you were, you were down and out and it was a big deal and it wasn't just a, um, an easy, an easy fix. Like you said, I mean, to me, it sounds, um, to me, it sounds a lot more difficult than just, you know, like just being like, oh, I'm just going to eat better. I mean, you obviously had to make some major changes and, um, I've loved following, along especially when you do talk about your metabolism and like I didn't know that about the water that's interesting so you're saying you're you're not supposed to drink anything 30 minutes before or after you Correct. eat yes that isn't um your stomach is smaller so they don't want you filling up on liquids you know yeah. so we want to make sure you're not supposed to really fill up on vegetables either um, because we want to make sure that you aren't malnourished. So filling up on that protein first, you know, and then just trying to stay full um, longer. How how have you managed this having two children and a husband? I have three children, three children. <laughs> and a husband. Three children. Um, and a business with five locations. Right, right. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, how do you manage the food having, you know what I mean? Having yeah. children in your home. I think it, it's one thing. Food is easy for me to deal with during the day when my kids are not around. But, you know, when you've got to, like, feed your kids and your husband. Yeah. So I think that, like, whenever I'm meal planning, I try to um, think about a protein that I enjoy. And then I still make sides and stuff. Like, for example, I might make pulled pork sandwiches. And I eat the pulled pork, but I don't eat the bun, you mm. know. Um, and they do. I don't eat the potato salad. Or I'll make meatloaf and sweet potatoes and maybe, you know, green beans. And I eat the meatloaf and the green beans, but I probably don't really eat the sweet potato very often. I mean, sometimes I do still eat a sweet potato. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, as I'm, um, I just try to, even if it's a pasta dish, I try to eat the meat first, you know, and then my kids still like, you know, the noodles, obviously. And because my stomach is smaller, I am able to do that. But um, the first eight weeks are the hardest. I did four weeks of liquid only. Four yeah. weeks of liquid only, and then four weeks of soft, shredded, or pureed food. So yogurt, cottage cheese, um, you know, shredded meats, tuna salad, stuff like that. So um, it's definitely not easy, but I think that I had the mindset that I really wanted to do it. And I kind of felt like I'm the type of person that once I got the weight off, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to be able to keep it off. I know enough about it through, you know, all of my years of just studying the body. Um, I, I feel like I have all the knowledge. It was just kind of such a hurdle to overcome that now that I've got here, now I feel good, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to keep this weight off. Well, good. So do you have to like, um, like when it comes to your portions, I'm sure now, you know, like what's the right portion, but when you first started, I mean, I guess with the, the liquid, it was measured out or whatever. So what does it was to two ounce Dixie cups? Okay. It's only it. two ounces in the beginning. So now I probably have four to six ounce servings of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, to be honest with you, I've been really fortunate. Some people that have this procedure have um, lots of nausea, lots of gas, lots of intestinal issues, heartburn. I have had, I guess I'm like the perfect patient. I have had zero of that. Um, so I can pretty much eat anything, um, but just much smaller portions, much, much smaller. Like I can eat like a half of a six inch Subway sandwich and then I can eat the other half, like maybe an hour or two later, but not in one sitting. Okay. 
Interesting. How often do you eat throughout the day? Um, I try to just eat like three meals and two snacks. So I do eat like five meals every couple, you know, hours, but the snacks are usually um, smaller and I do have to be mindful of snacking. So that's where a lot of people do regain their weight. You know, even when you're eating healthy snacks, I think we come home and we're hungry and you grab that cutie orange, you grab that cheese stick, you grab that handful of almonds and you think, oh, I just had a healthy snack, but it's still 300 calories, mm-hmm. you know, when you put all three of those together. And um, I used to do that a lot. And, um, and then when there's even unhealthy snacks, you know, and you're grabbing that bag of chips while you're prepping dinner or you're, you know, I don't know hitting the wine when you're making dinner or whatever, you know, I think that there's a lot of hidden calories that people um, consume. So um, really being mindful of your snacking is, is really the key to this because you can graze all day long with the surgery. You can graze all day long and this tool will not work for you. Or like I said, you can drink milkshakes, you know, you cannot work out. Nobody forced me to become a runner. Nobody forced me to do one strength training exercise during this whole entire journey, which I've been doing it since I was, you know, four weeks recovered. So yeah, I I mean, I know some people feel like it's the easy way out. And I always tell them, have you ever been on a four week liquid diet? Yeah. It's not the the easy way out. Right. No, I I agree. I don't think it sounds like the easy way out ever. Yeah. um, I think that people, I think what, what harms people when we talk about like losing weight is that a lot of us, failed to remember that we're all literally very different. And so we all have different opportunities and options to find solutions that will work for us. And you know what I mean? And we get like, Oh, that won't work with this, that it's like, well, we all have different, a different journey and different routes. And so I want to ask you one more question about this and Cheryl, please feel free to be like, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just curious, you know, with knowing that food was, you know, kind of, it was like almost a, you know, you got too busy to kind of pay attention to it or whatever. And then it became the spiral. And I was just curious, you know, for you now that food is, cannot really be like that outlet necessarily from like a stress perspective or like self-care perspective, like what has, how has your self-care shifted in this journey? Um, I guess really now, like, I feel like maybe I put out some of my emotional frustrations actually in my workouts, you know, um, instead of, uh, eating. And then I do just try to be a little bit more, I guess, proactive, um, with my meal planning and so forth. And like, I think it does kind of change your mind shift of now I am eating to live instead of living to eat. Yeah. And I think the beginning, the eight weeks, it's really hard because if I'm being honest, you're not very hungry, okay? Because you've had this procedure, your stomach's still swollen, it's already small, you're really not hungry. But you do go through some major mental starvation, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, people would say like, are you hungry? And it's like, no, I'm not hungry, but I'm mentally starving. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to do those eight weeks because that was like an eight week detox from emotional eating. Right. And so I don't really feel like I do that really anymore, you know, and, and when I wanted to, I couldn't, right. um, because there, you just couldn't, you could not, um, <laughs> you couldn't eat when you wanted to, you know, and that is still one of the frustrations is when you're eating something you really love and you think it's like really delicious and you want to eat more of it. Um, like you kind of can't, you know, or your friends are all still eating around you and you're done, 
you know, but, um, I don't know. I think I've spent a little more time like journaling. I, I started a gratitude journal, you know, and maybe spending a little bit more time like reading and, and just trying to work on my own, like self-education and becoming better that way spending more time on my workouts, doing challenges. Like I'm doing a close your ring challenge on the Apple watch. Um, mm -hmm. Since I started it, I closed my ring six or seven days a week. Before I started them, um, I closed them two days a week. I started yeah. in August and literally from August through November 1st, I've been like really consistent. So I think just putting like my energy into different things and even my online uh, dance fitness class, you know, putting my energy like into that instead of, um, you know, into eating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just changing your, it's, I, it really does sound like just a lot of mindfulness and intentionality. Um, and it seems like that, that word intentional seems to kind of keep coming up whenever you talk to anyone, when it has to do with fitness, whether or not it's, um, whether or not it's healthy eating or, whether or not it's closing your rings or, you know, whatever it may be. So um, I feel like Haley and I have a lot of um, conversations just with each other about just being really intentional with, you know, time and, and that, that kind of thing and, you know, setting boundaries so you can make sure you're reaching those goals. And I think that bleeds into all of parts of our life. So anyway, it's very impressive, but um Real quick, I just have one because I you're um, you're the CEO and founder of CPR Choice, which is um, super impressive because it is such a large company and you have a lot of moving parts with that. And I just am curious, like what you obviously have a health science degree, but what was it that made you so passionate about first aid and CPR and that kind of thing? Like what what was it that brought you there? Um, some of it was just kind of coincidental. I was working in a hospital in the nursing education department and they needed a backup CPR instructors. And so I started teaching CPR there and it was a large teaching hospital. And so we only trained our own staff. We didn't train outdoor um, outsiders, you know. And so we would get calls on a regular basis like I'm with a business and we need CPR. I'm a new mom. I need CPR. And we'd say, sorry, we don't do that. Call these guys down the street. So when I moved to Knoxville, um, I wanted to see if there was a business similar to that. And there really wasn't. And there is a abundance of CPR instructors. What there really wasn't was um, an easy way to figure out how to sign up for classes, um, where to go for classes. And so uh, my husband helped me build a website, you know, we kind of um, launched it very small, just teaching classes out of the bonus room of our home. Um, you know, I would teach five people on a Saturday morning and we had a little vacation account or, you know, that special occasion or, you know, new piece of furniture or whatever it was that you were saving yeah. for. Right. And then it, it really just kind of continued to grow. But I think it's pretty easy. Um, how can you not be behind the mission of saving lives? Mm -hmm. There's yep. like no one that can like say, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that mission. Right. Everybody <laughs> likes the mission of saving lives, you know? Right, right. And so I think it was just easy to um, 
it was just easy to be passionate about. And our mission is saving lives, not just in the classroom, but also in our local community. And so we do try to, um, you know, do things that help also give back to our local community to um, hopefully help people, whether it's, you know, homeless or it's pe uh, kids that need school supplies in their backpacks or um, so, I mean, we're, we're always trying to like, you know, expand our mission, not just to teach CPR, but um, really to try to save, save lives. Yeah, truly save the whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not so that's very that's super fun. And it's been um, cool because I've been able to incorporate my dance fitness too. Like we just did a big dance fitness event in the park um in Maribel. We did it at the Maribel Amphitheater. And you know, CPR Choice is able to sponsor that because we're able to talk about cardiovascular health and we're able to talk about healthy eating and how that actually you know, helps prevent heart disease and so forth. So it all kind of goes together with everything that really I believe in stand for. So when you started this, like out of your bonus room, um, are you like, what are you trying to expand? I know you're also a Colorado, but like, are you, yeah. Like what's the long-term vision? Like if CPR choice did this, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we did this. Yeah. So our vision is to be a nationwide training center, um, saving lives, you know, throughout, throughout the country. So um, we have five brick and mortar locations, three here in Tennessee, two in Colorado. Um, we did just become a national training center with the American Heart Association, which now allows us to um, have training sites and instructors from all over the nation, at least affiliate with us. And so um, that's kind of our goal for the next year is really to expand our instructor network so that we can, um, you know, offer classes everywhere. Everywhere. That's awesome. That is super Get awesome. it, girl! I know. I'm <laughs> yeah. you, you're She's doing trying. this. She's like, I'm no, trying. You're doing it. No, you doing are. It. You are. You are totally doing it. Um, is there anything else that you would like, maybe just like to talk about in general, like either about your dance fitness classes or your... Um, you know, is there anything that, that we didn't ask you that you think that would be interesting for folks to hear about or anything? Um, the one thing that I can think of maybe is that a lot of people ask like, you know, maybe about being successful as an instructor, whether it's, you know, teaching any kind of group fitness. Mm -hmm. And one thing that dance fitness allows is it does allow you some freedom and flexibility. But I think um, really the best thing for being a good instructor is to cater to your audience. So I survey my class and say, Mandy's putting two thumbs up to that. Mandy's yeah. on that's like a pet. Yeah, that's can't. a pet peeve of mine. When you, when you just go into a room and you just like do the choreography that you had planned and then you yeah. walk in and you're like, Oh, these people are not what I thought that I was, you know, yeah. Yes. Right. So, I mean, I surveyed my, um, you know, people very regularly, like, do you like this music? Would you rather have more hip hop? Would you rather have more Latin? Would you rather have more toning songs? Would you rather have more high cardio songs? You know, asking them that. Um, sometimes I would choreograph a dance and I would think it was the best dance since sliced bread. And I would go in there. It was my very favorite dance. I thought they were going to love this. And after the third time, they weren't following very good. They weren't smiling. And so, you know what, even though I thought it was the very best, I would cut it. I would absolutely cut it and I would never teach it again, even though I thought it was great. And some of the songs that I think are like, oh, that's kind of like really easy, boring choreo, but they all love it and they request it. 
then that's what, you know, I did. And so I think just really being aware of your audience and asking them for feedback and asking them what they want. Um, I spend a lot of time on my playlist. Um, science says that we lose, we burn more calories doing intervals. So when I build my playlist, I'm very strategic about like, this is a high cardio song. This is a toning song. This is a cardio song. This is a lower cardio song. You know, I'm, I really try to like take those intervals up the mountain climax and then still take them down. And, um, the people that wear Fitbits or Apple watches, I always tell them like, look at your heart rate. And if it's not doing this, then, you know, going up and down, then I'm not doing a good job as an instructor. And I think just planning. And I, I would say that with my CPR classes, you know, I tell all of my instructors, you have to show up 30 minutes early, you have to be prepared to teach. And so I think sometimes with fitness, we just show up and we turn on the music and we, we know what to do, but I, I try really hard to actually put a little more thought into it than just that. Well, you've obviously proven that you're a super intentional personality type that is, you know, cares about the people that you're around, whether it's in a fitness class or whether or not it's in your community or whether or not it's, you know, your employees. And, um, and I just, I think that definitely shines through with just Every and, and you care about yourself because you've given it sounds like you maybe didn't for a little while, you know, and you kind of put yourself on the back burner because you do care about everyone else in your community. And so I think that's a really heavy piece to be able to continue to be able to serve your, you know, your dancers and your employees and your family and um, your community. So I, I love that. So that's that's um, makes me I'm smiling for the <laughs> listener. Haley and I have on our UT gear and we're, we're, we're smiling. We're smiling. Um, uh, okay. So typically, um, is there anything else you add? No, I, I just was going to say, it sounds like what's interesting, Cheryl, is like you've been present in the process of like group fitness and Zumba and like your business. And I just think it's really cool too, to see you also, I think weight journey is so hard. Like I have a weight journey myself and, um, you know, learning to be present for yourself is really hard. So I just want to say like, kudos to you because it, it is hard. And, um, yeah, you can be this hugely successful business person or group fitness instructor or whatever, but you know, also being present for ourselves makes us that much better. So I just want to give you a shout out cause I know it's hard. So just want to give you a digital high five. High girl. <laughs> Um, all right. So we, we typically wrap up our episodes with, um, a finisher. So it kind of like kind of sprint to the finish where, um, and you can be something that is really super important, something you're loving right now. Um, and, uh, or something that you've consumed that you think other people would, would enjoy. So, um, my finisher for today is, um, talk about entrepreneurship because Cheryl's an entrepreneur. And on Netflix, you can find out the documentary about some cocaine entrepreneurs. <laughs> and <laughs> it's called. <laughs> Let me go watch that right now. <laughs> it's called Cocaine Cowboys. And it's um, basically the story of these two guys out of Florida that created this cocaine empire. And it's just super. It's it's very impressive. It's super addicting. It's an addicting <laughs> show. Um, but anyway, it's on Netflix. It's called Cocaine Cowboys. If you like kind of documentary type stuff um, and you get a lot of really great legal side and of how things work. And, you know, if you do want to pick up 
you know, a drug smuggling habit. Did you watch this habit. also with Chris or is oh, this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, this is it. Because well, we're out of shows, so maybe I can. Oh, no, no. Chris Jones, Chris Jones is like, when can we turn on Cocaine Cowboys again? <laughs> okay. We need another episode. So, anyway, okay. so that's my finisher. What's you? What do you have, Haley Jones? Uh, my finisher is, um, if y'all don't know, now you know, I hate to cook. I literally loathe it because I can't stand dirty dishes. It makes me angry. I'm like, Ah! I'm like, I spent all this time to make this and now I have to clean up. But that being said, I've been working with a nutrition person and, um, she has like super simple recipes that I actually cooked two times in one week, which has literally never happened. Wow. I'm 36 years old. <laughs> and last, week, last week was groundbreaking. So, and the, two of these recipes were on there. So it's, it's Betsy's nutrition and it's her recipes, but I'll link it in the show notes, but that is my finisher. Cause you can get super quick vegetables, protein, whatever you can get it super quick. So I love know, it. that's I love my it. finisher. All right, Cheryl, what you got for us? Okay, let's see. I would say that I recently read the book Atomic Habits and loved oh, it. I love that book. Yes. <laughs> High five. I love that book. Yes. Yeah, so uh, go get that and read it. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else? Everyone should learn CPR. So go learn CPR, yeah. save lives, and um, have fun dancing. Everybody could like oh, dance with me. So, one cool thing about my dance class right now is that it is 100% free. Oh, um, so it's just on zoom, but everybody can come dance with me for free and it's fun. And, um, I'd love to see some new faces. Um, okay. So two questions regarding CPR, everyone getting like we're CPR chains because we do, you know, group fitness or whatever, but I'm just curious if you can like drop a stat or two that would inspire people to be like, Oh, I got to get CPR trained. Perfect. So uh, let's see. 85% of cardiac arrests happen at home. Hopefully you love the people that you live with. So uh, let's take care of them. Um, heart disease, leading cause of death, killing like 600,000 people per year. Um, so, you know, obviously that's kind of like a no brainer. Um, learning CPR is definitely can increase their chance of survival um, substantially. So that would probably be, you know, the big one. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah for those sure. are huge. Um, you can follow you can follow Cheryl on um, Instagram. She is at is it VSG underscore? Yeah, VSG underscore Rhino is my whole weight loss journey um, from the date of surgery to now. I pretty much post on the daily, so um, yeah, follow along and go back and check it out. It's fun. It's good stuff. Um, and then where do we find you for just cprchoice.com or is that cprchoice.com for a uh, CPR training and shake it with Cheryl.com for uh, shake it. Awesome. I like it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cheryl. I hope you had fun. We definitely had fun. So uh, thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yes. All right. Have an awesome. And that is all for Jones's Sausage.